Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Jennifer Cooper, who is the publisher and editor of the online magazine, jennifermag.com. Supported by a diverse community of contributors, Jennifer Magazine is challenging the way women in media have been portrayed for far too long. I am so excited to jump into this conversation today. So let's get right into this, Jennifer, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is a pleasure. Thank you for sharing time with me today. Let's jump into this first question. Before we delve into your professional journey, can you describe your life in one word to this point? Mm, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the first time I've gotten that. I try. I mean, you know, um, no, I think probably part of it's because I'm verbose. Part of it's because I don't like to be pigeonholed, which uh, goes to my whole professional career. But I think it's been been an evolution. I think that's a real word for it. I think that's a good adjective. It's been an evolution. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful word because that talks about journey and that's exactly what we're going to get into today. So as we start to talk about your professional journey, mm-hmm. what led up to launching your own magazine? What was the impetus for this idea? So let's talk about some of that journey before the magazine. I wanted to be a writer when I was younger, always wanted to be a writer. Well, I also wanted to be a ballerina and, you know, a doctor and you know, none of, neither of those panned out. So, but the writer stuck, but when I got into college, I had one bad experience. And because I am hypersensitive to rejection, (laughs) especially during that time of my life when I was young and I didn't have the resources, I'll say emotional resources or any of that. I, I took it as like, I was fundamentally flawed. And so I went into psychology because I figured it was easy, (laughs) but there is a lot of understanding of people in that field. And so it was just a different way of, of writing because what my writing is really about is about connection, human connection, um, storytelling. I went through a lot of different things across my life, a lot of entrepreneurial, uh, endeavors. And there came a point when I guess it was about my mid forties, and I realized I, I don't want to wait around for somebody to give me permission to write and to say I'm good. I want to give that to myself. And so I bought the URL, Jennifer Mag, and I was like, I'm going to do it as a women's magazine because then I can do some you know, journalism, but I can also do some essays. I can do all of the things that I really love. And so I did, <laughs> And yeah. so, but that was during the pandemic. And I think you know, this, this could be considered my pandemic baby, but it's also, I think a culmination of breaking apart, seeing what was inside saying, I want that part of me to grow. You know, it's funny. Cause I named the magazine, Jennifer, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah. feels very like self-involved, self-important, like ego stroking. But for me, growing up with a name that was so ubiquitous, that was like you had billions, not billions, but you know, you had a lot of Jennifers everywhere. Everybody knows a Jenny, a, a Jennifer, a, a, Jen. a Jen. Everybody knows one. So it really for me became this kind of mm, what do I want to say? Like um an avatar of sorts, like where we were all this collective rising. And uh, especially in middle age, I felt like this, I was just tuning into what was going on around me, especially during the pandemic. And I thought, oh, a lot of us are coming to age in a very, very weird time. Well, like middle adulthood, but like at this, like middle age at the same time as the world is falling apart and burning. So we are falling apart and the world's falling apart. And so I don't know, it's just a really looking back, I guess I just kind of jumped in. Yeah, it sounds like you jumped in. However, I'm going to take a step back. So you did go into psychology. And I believe that, you know, this is just my perspective, but I believe we're drawn to certain things at certain times in our lives, because we want to try and figure something out, right, or that suits us. And, and I was an undergrad psychology major, and I was so bored with the major that I actually went to a different major. And guess what I went to? English. I was just... We're the flips. We're the flipsies of each other. Did you go English and then psychology? I did English and then psychology. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did English. Then I got into psychology, human services and psychology later on. What I found was that first couple of years, you get past your general ed and then you get into the major it was a lot of memorization and it was a lot of statistics. It was a lot of, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. I'm going to fall asleep. When I got into the next phase of my life, I, I chose human services because like you, it's about that connection. It's about connecting with community. And I love that part of it. And I love that you're doing this in your journey. So as I take that step back and I look at your evolution, you went into psychology, you love to write, all these things are being brought forward. And then we're going through this difficult period of time for so many. And again, it's how our perception of it, it's actually literally what we're going through as a world, not just in the United States, but as a world. And it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a major time of reflection for so many. Yeah. And Absolutely. people... People are stopping and they're reflecting and they're saying, I want more. And that's when we started seeing the great resignation. We started seeing a lot of these different things happening because there was a lot of reflection going on. And people were saying, I want to be valued. I want more. What is that? I see this also in your evolution. I also see a dream coming to life at the same time, because as you're reflecting, you're like, I'm not going to let those old messages stand in my way. And so you're evolving this dream as you're going here. And I love this story. Tell us more about your mission with your magazine, how it aligns with your values versus other magazines that have been on the shelves for years. Because I was one of those girls who got teen magazine, who got glamour, who got, and I stepped into new magazines all the time, which were out there. And yes, it was difficult looking at those magazines because it was what they were defining us as or objectifying us as. So tell us, tell us your mission for this magazine. Okay. So I want to do two things. One, I want to respond to something that you said that I thought was really interesting. You know, uh, this idea of like old messages standing in my way and how, like, I was like, no, I want to say, I still struggle with it. So that's something different for me than I think a lot of other people is that I am not 
coming to you from on high. I'm not Oprah. I don't always know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I am going through it with the readers. I am just as messy. I am trying to figure out my stuff, you know, and I think that that is something that I think is very different because I feel like a lot of these magazines are very prescriptive, you know, these we can I'll segue right into the mission and the values. It's like five ways to please your man, how to dress for your age, what type of makeup to wear, best haircuts for the age 50, 60 and whatever. And I, I don't do any of that (laughs) because I think it's such a personal journey. And I think also it's very individual. And I also think that growing up, especially during that time period, it was always seeking external validation. And I think part of that is probably like my personality, but a lot of that is conditioning. A lot of that is conditioning. And it doesn't even have to be like, say your parents told you this stuff. It's just, you're absorbing it from society around you. Uh, And I think that's where my psychology really helped me understand. (laughs) Like, this isn't like just about you. This is about a bigger picture too. So how we internalize that messaging, how we store it. And then there comes a point in life, I think, especially now where we were taught you do X, you do Y, you do Z. And for most of us, we did X, we did Y, we did Z. And then we were left not with what we were told we would economics, maybe society, maybe, I mean, lots has changed, But I think that's why I am very, very passionate about making sure that this is not a thing where you feel like you're being scolded or you're being told how to dress. I mean, this is really what this magazine is about, or at least what I want it to be about, is about this self-exploration, but doing it in a beautiful way. Well, I love that. And I'm going to step back to something that you said about coming into this messy. And I believe that we all are on that journey still. We're Mm -hmm. all on a journey of self-actualization. I don't believe that we completely self-actualize until we're gone. I mean, we keep working on it. That's what being human is, is things change all the time. Things are in flux all the time. And so I think that when we know that or when we're welcomed or embraced into a community where it says that it's okay to be messy. It's okay to grow. It's okay to grow together. It sets a tone, a different tone. And so that's exciting about your magazine because I sometimes wonder when I read these magazines and I watch people post things and I do it myself because I look at the algorithm or I'm looking at various other things like the five steps, the 10 steps to get such and such. But how do we break through that? How do we start moving past that where it's not about an algorithm? It's not about the conditioning. It's not about, you know, there's just, we can go really deep into this, (laughs) but we have 25 minutes. I mean, it's, there's so many nuances to this and we have been conditioned by, yes, our parents, by society, by clergy, by what we read. We consume this stuff every single day and how each of us digests it is very different. Absolutely. And I think some of us are more sensitive than others, right? So how I read something, um, I'm probably much more sensitive than somebody else is, you know, and it's not a bad thing. I remember one of my, the greatest things I learned uh, in college uh, while I was studying psychology was from one of my professors who was a clinical therapist. And he told us something revolutionary 
And that was that not all people feel as deeply as others. I couldn't fathom this. <laughs> like I couldn't fathom, like, what do you mean? They don't get so sad. They don't, you know, and, and uh, he's like, yeah, some people just do not feel as intensely as others. And that really gave me a respect for how individual we all are. Right. But something you said about how do we beat those algorithms or how do we, I don't know, decondition ourselves from that. Right. The answer is, I, I, I don't know. This is all an experiment. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I started this off as an experiment. It is still an experiment. It will probably remain an experiment and it will probably shape and grow as we grow this community and we grow this uh, media, you know, and and I just think it's really an interesting time right now when we're thinking about media and what media's role is and how influential it is. I think that's was one of the things. And I'm just a small fish in a very, very large pond, but I know there's a lot of other little fishies swimming with me. So, you know, maybe we can, we can do something different. And that to me feels really exciting. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited for you. It's funny too, that you mentioned that influence. And now we have this term that's all over influencers. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another road we could go down. It's just so interesting, and how that has evolved, what that looks like. You know, the age of folks that are termed influencers. It's really an interesting concept today. I think it's very interesting. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. very. I, I, yeah, I could have a lot to say about it, but I don't know if my ideas are fully formed around it. I do see, though, that. I know trying to find traction for something when you're not, you know, super well-resourced, like I'm not a Kardashian, you know, I don't come from well-resourced background. I'm not one of these companies like Meredith Publishing or Condé Nast, you know, I'm, I'm just a woman on a mission to, along with other people to try to create something that can have some resonance for somebody. I have to remind myself that even if it, helps one person is so cliche. It feels so cliche to say, but if it does help one person see things in a different way, be a little kinder to themselves, get more involved in something that feels empowering, you know, that's not such a bad way to live life. Oh, it's a beautiful way to live life, which leads me to my next question. Based on your vision for your magazine, how do you want to support women and what type of community do you want to build around your magazine? Mm. First of all, I want to expand the idea of womanhood because I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, what is feminine these days, what isn't. And I think that for women, we can hold a lot of different energy. So for instance, you know, being aggressive is feminine, you know, being assertive or being all of these things, they're all part of this scope of womanhood, right? So embracing multiple parts of ourselves. So that is one of the first things I would love to do. I had this conversation with my, my girls who are adults. And I said, you know, I was trying to shape the language because they're Gen Zers. They're very like, they're very tuned in. <laughs> and so I was like, I want to be inclusive. And my youngest daughter was like, oh my God, that's such a buzzword. Don't use that. I said, okay, what if I say I want to be inclusive, but really I mean it, you know, not this like, oh, we're so inclusive. We got rainbow colors and everything. And she's like, yes, that's better. That's honest. So um, I think what I want is to have an honest, warm, supportive, 
inclusive dynamic group where we feel that we are supported by one another. And I think that's something that maybe growing up in the time that I did, it didn't feel like women were taught how to be supportive of one another, especially in certain cultures. Did you ever hear that, that um, study where the monkeys get something and like, there's one monkey who gets something and then the other monkeys go and they try to pull that monkey down because they want it. Mm-hmm. And so they don't work together. They work right. against each other. Right. I feel like I kind of grew up in that system and it's not great. And I don't want to be one of those monkeys pulling another woman down either. Like, I don't want to be doing that. I want to be like lifting her up. Maybe she brings that down that little biscuit or whatever. And we split it with each other. So using that type of very feminine approach. Well, I absolutely love that. And I think this, if you go back in history, again, when you look at the concept of conditioning, we Mm -hmm. have been conditioned as women to kind of not exactly work together, but kind of pull each other apart because we're racing for the same place at the table, or that's what we were taught to do. Whereas in actuality, there's a place for each of us, all of us. And I think it it goes way back. It goes way back about laws. It's conditioning about what we were told to do and not to do that aligns with womanhood, femininity, what is ascribed to that, how that is described or interpreted. Mm-hmm. There's just so many ways to look at as to why we were behaving as we did. And hopefully we're changing that. This is a yeah. shift, so to speak. It is. So this is like interesting because this ties in with the psychology that I studied and that was behavioral psych. Mm -hmm. So I am not a huge fan anymore of it, but at the time, you know, I worked with a under licensed behavioral psychologist. And so the things that stuck out for me that stayed were how we can model for each other, how we learn from each other. And that's just that's just gone through the history of time. So absolutely. So hopefully this is a way to have other women out there who aren't conforming to some old way or outdated way of looking at something and who are moving into the future and to seeing like what we can do. But to be honest, most of it's just unlearning, right? It's unlearning some of those harmful practices. And I think back to like where my mom came from versus where I am, what things I had compared to her, what resources I had compared to her. Women couldn't get credit card until 1974. So they didn't have things. So yes, we were fighting for that one seat at the table, like nine to five Dolly Parton, you know, kind of thing. Yes. I mean, you go back and look at the movies that we probably watched, like Working Girl, Baby Boom, Mm -hmm. nine to five, you know, all those where you're struggling to get ahead. And we have the term breaking the glass ceiling, just finding our place at the table. And so things are really changing today. And let me go back to something that you said regarding behavioral therapy and the creator of that Albert Ellis and REBT and you know all that all that good stuff and and I'm really in somebody who practices in the Adlerian perspective so uh, Alfred Adler was really a humanist and so he came from the concept of it's not just one way and he had to break off from Freud because he's like not everything is psychosexual right so let's break off and let's see humans in a different way, because they function from so many different perspectives. And he really came from the point of where do we become discouraged as humans? And so we need to meet them there. Because in like you said, a little messy, we're always a little messy, right? It's okay. That's part of being a human. So let's meet each other there. I love what your daughter also said, and going back to that, where she said, Mom, 
you know, stop using that word, you know, because that's not really explaining it. I think we become too technical or we want to get caught up in a word and it's like really simple. Let's just describe it how it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like all those colors and the rainbow and describe it just like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And that's why sometimes it's hard to, to, you know, your question about one word. It's like, there's, it's hard for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I love the word evolution because that it, that entails so much. Yeah. There's a journey in that, right? So I absolutely love that. So we have talked about so much, but it looks like there's going to be a relaunch of the magazine. Can you yes. tell us more about the relaunch and membership? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm so excited about this because for a long time, this ties into a deeper conversation we could have about self-worth. So for a long time, I was doing this, you know, I, I wanted to be a writer. I was like, no, I'm going to give myself permission, but I still hadn't fully embodied that feeling of that. I was worthy. So I was doing it quietly. You know, I was doing it on the side and I was doing it for free. I was just writing, hoping somebody out there would say, scoop me up and say, you know, oh, why don't you write for us? And I realized that wasn't for me, you know, that wasn't going to happen for me this past year. I just turned 47. So I realized my, my time is limited. I get one shot at this and I need to go all in on something that I believe in deeply. And if it works awesome. And if it doesn't, at least I tried. So the relaunch, we're relaunching in October. We're putting, we have a subscription now so that we can uh, actually pay and fund and create this vehicle because it does need to be resourced. We haven't had a lot of capital to create things. So we've always had to be kind of scrappy, but now I I really want this to be a well-resourced piece of vehicle so that we can do the work of reaching more people, of also including more people. So uh, in October, we're relaunching. We have a membership, um, a subscription, and uh, it's called Gen X because mm-hmm. Jennifer and we're going to, you know, just because it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We love something cute, don't we? Yes. Um, that's clever and witty. Uh, just like our readers, we have monthly articles, um, an entire, like a monthly issue, sorry, a monthly issue that will contain a lot of different articles. We have a monthly event where people can come and we'll have a speaker and people get some discounts on some really great brands. So one of the things that we really are trying to do is put brands that are run by women, LGBTQ plus, uh, BIPOC, um, populations. So, so people who we can put those in front of, of other women so that we can start investing in our own economy rather than going to, you know, these big corporations where you don't have autonomy. We really want to lift each other up. And so that's what we, that's the strategy. Well, I love that. I'm excited about this relaunch for you. And your magazine. It's very exciting. This has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today about your evolution. So as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with one tip to support their journey, what would it be? Be okay with being messy. There's nothing wrong with you. Lean into it, accept it, apologize when you make a mistake and keep moving forward. 
Thank you, Jennifer, joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. You can find Jennifer Cooper on Instagram at Jennifer underscore magazine and at JenniferMag.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.